morning. I'm the student minister here. Uh, I minister to all of our students, grades 7 through 12, and then I partner uh, with Michelle O'Quinn on our college ministry on a couple of events. And so that's who I am. I, I don't get to preach all the time, uh, but I love the opportunity when I get to. And so uh, if you don't like today, try us again when the real preacher is here, okay? Like I said, the B team's in today. Uh, we're going to have a good time, okay? And I, I want to open up with a question this morning, and I want to ask you, um, are you not going to die? Okay, it's not a morbid question, just to kind of get your mind going. A hundred percent of the people born in the U.S. Uh, or around the world um, eventually pass away. Okay, I don't, that may come as a shocker, I don't know, but... Uh, eventually this body um, kind of runs out of gas, okay? Uh, maybe sooner than later, but 100% of the people in the world eventually pass away at some point. So the question is not, are you going to die? Because we know the answer to that, uh, yes. So the question this morning I have for you is, are you going to live? Okay, uh, And you may go, well, yeah, I'm here at church. I'm breathing, ain't I? Uh, I definitely am going to live. But my question's a little deeper than that. Are you going to live the life that God has intended for you? Okay, A life that is full of adventure, it's full of excitement, and full of joy. Okay, That is the life that God has in store for you, where you can go places and, and do things that you never dreamed possible, okay? I am living proof of that because uh, when I graduated high school, I'm pretty confident um, I graduated with like a third to fourth grade reading level, and now I have a career where I read all the time, okay? So just like our past series that uh, Steve's been sharing with you about hope, there is hope in the world, okay? And I was talking with my dad last weekend, and he said, man, I can remember just night after night when you were little, and your mom just worried to death that you were going to grow up and be a nobody because you can't read and you're just struggling through life. And, and he said, and it's just funny how God works and that we trusted him because now you have a career where you read. And I was like, yeah, God definitely has a sense of humor. Uh, but it, I never dreamed that that would be possible, okay, as a little boy. You know, that never dreamed that I would be where I am today. And so this morning, are you going to live that life? And for some of you, you may go, man, I'm living the dream right now. I got my, my honey right here beside me. We're at church. We're going to hit up Cracker Barrel after this. I mean, could it get any better, okay? And that may be you this morning, okay? But if we're honest this morning, if we can be honest with ourselves, um, if you look at the people around you, and this may be you specifically, um, a lot of people are not living as if they're full of excitement or full of joy or full of happiness, okay? They would say they have no adventure in their life, that they live a normal life. And I know that because I have Facebook, just like the majority of you, and I see the things you post on Facebook. This life, you know, things are terrible. You know, the cat got ran over and the dog ate it and then the dog got blah, blah, blah. And the car's breaking down and everything's terrible. And all my friends got to go on a cruise for vacation and I had to go to Branson and it's just on and on. By the way, Branson's legit, okay? And if, if, if you are not really into Branson, um, uh, Emily and I love the Dixie Stampede, my wife, so if you would like to get us two tickets, uh, my office is the last one on the right. Just lay those on my desk. That would be great. We would take those off your hands, okay? Um, 
but a lot of people, you know, you hear conversations with your friends and coworkers talking about, you know, man, I'm broke, or my kids are nuts, or I hate my job, yada, yada, yada. Just, there's no adventure, kind of like the life has been sucked out of them, okay? Uh, and you see this posted online talking, and the truth is this morning that normal is not God's plan for your life, okay? Normal is the last thing that God has in store for your life, okay? Because God sent this guy named Jesus, who was his son, and he lived the most abnormal life pretty much ever, okay? Jesus was a trendsetter when it came to not living a normal life because this guy, Jesus, uh, he didn't even have a house, Okay, how many of you are without a house? Okay, probably not many of you. Okay, we have homes with places to stay, shelter. Uh, Jesus had no mode of transportation other than his feet. And what's really crazy about Jesus, and I don't know of anybody that does this, um, but Jesus babysat 12 grown men for three years. Okay, and they still didn't get it half the time. And I'm sure Jesus is like, are you kidding me, man? Like, we are living the dream. Uh, we're running from the authorities. I mean, we're, we're surviving these crazy storms and boats. And like, we are living the excitement. Like, I mean, craziness for sure, but it is always an adventure uh, with Jesus. And I'm sure some of the disciples, like Thomas, he's like, this is the worst. I hate all of this. This is terrible. You know, and on and on and on and on. But Jesus lived a life of adventure, and that is the same life that God has promised to me and to each and every one of you this morning. And so uh, this morning we're going to be talking about promises, okay? I like promises. I like when people make me promises, mainly promises like, uh, you're going to win a million bucks. That would be great. I've never got that promise, uh, but I hope if I ever do that whoever promised me that would follow through on it. That would be great. Um, but when it comes to promises, um, we have had really, really poor examples of good promises, okay? Uh, and what I mean by that is we've been promised things and then people not follow through with them. The best example I could give each and every one of you this morning would be, let me think, uh, the government, okay? Because every campaign ever since the beginning of campaigns have promised extravagant, awesome things. You're never going to pay taxes again. No, you're always going to pay taxes. That's stupid. Why would they even promise? But they make promises. You see what I'm saying? They promise these giant extravagant things. They promise the moon. And then when it comes down to the actuality of it, uh, it comes down to, well, how about just a sticker of the moon, not the actual moon, like that's ridiculous, you know, and they make all these crazy promises, and then they don't follow through with them, uh, and for a lot of people this morning, you may be in the situation you're in, or you may have a certain opinion about um, a family member, or a spouse, or about an organization, or whatever, because they made you an empty promise, okay? Uh, for a lot, of, a lot of people, a lot of couples, you know, there may be one couple in that relationship that's battling an addiction, and they keep promising over and over and over, I'm going to stop this. I'm going to quit. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put this behind me. I'm going to move forward. I'm going to take the steps necessary to, to grow up or quit doing whatever it is I'm doing. And over and over and over, they make these promises, and over and over and over, they don't follow through, okay? Or I was talking to uh, my cousin yesterday. We was working on some stuff, and he said, man, um, my company that I work for, 
decided just out of the blue uh, that they were running low on money and that they were going to quit paying into our 401k just for a couple of months, okay? He said, that was a year ago, and they're still not paying into my 401k, you know? And they promised, now, it's just going to be for a little while, and then we're going to triple it, you know? And it's just empty promise after empty promise, lie after lie. And if we're honest this morning, we've all had some type of broken promise, whether that's a giant, you know, major issue, or it could be something small, we've all experienced broken promises and have had to, to deal with the consequences of that, having like this great extravagant thing promised and then ended up with not much at all, okay? And what's sad about broken promises is that a lot of times broken promises lead to broken people. And broken people can't see joy, okay? Broken people can't see the happiness and see life for what it was intended to be. But the God we serve, the God that we came in here to worship this morning, each and every one of us, the God of the universe is a God of truth, okay? And God's word is truth. And so my goal this morning, kind of give you a little roadmap here, we're going to be talking about God's promises, okay? And scripture is loaded with promises, okay, that God has made to each and every one of us. But my goal is, is that each and every one of us, including myself, guy with the mic on, is that we would take a step, okay? I'm not asking each and every one of you to go save the Congo or go on a, a year-long mission trip. Uh, I'm asking you to take one step closer to holding on to God's promises, okay? That we would quit being normal, okay? Because that's not the life that God has intended for you, and that we would hold on to God's promises, okay? Because God wants to give you a life full of adventure, and it is an amazing, amazing ride, okay? And I've only been doing it for a few years, okay? And so I can't imagine where I'm going to be several, several years down the road to, to look back and go, wow, look what God has done in my life. And for some of you, you may go, hallelujah, Daniel. I know what you're talking about. Like, you would not believe how God has moved in my life. And so that's my goal today is that each and every one of us would take a step closer to holding on to God's promises, okay? And so I'm going to share with you this morning, and these are just eight, eight scriptures uh, from God's Word, uh, which is the truth that are His promises to each and every one of us. And like I said, scripture's loaded with these things. Um, I just want to share with you eight of my favorites, okay? And so like our title slide said, God is a promise maker this morning, okay? God is a promise maker. If you hear nothing else this morning, hold on to God is a promise maker. Now, this first scripture, how many of you remember, if you've grown up in the Church of the Nazarene, you will know what I'm talking about. If you haven't, it is totally okay. You don't want to know about it. But how many of you remember this thing? It was a disaster called caravans. Anybody remember caravans? A few of you do. Yes. Those raising your hands, I'm so sorry. Okay. For the rest of you, how many of you remember this totally awesome thing called Awanas? Any Awanas? More of you know what Awanas is than that. Okay, here's the deal. Caravans was like the uncool version of Awanas. Awanas was totally legit. All my friends that were cool, they all went to Awanas and lived the dream and had like shaving cream fights and all this cool stuff. Caravans, we had to say like mottos and march and wear scarves and sashes. It was really uncool, okay? But... <laughs> From that, I learned this amazing scripture. It's two verses, and the older I get, man, these two verses that I learned when I was 
four, five, six years old, they become more and more powerful the older I get, okay? And it's Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Some of you know it. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Here's the deal. You don't have all the answers, okay? I don't care how smart you are or better yet, how smart you think you are. You don't have all the answers, okay? And that's what God's trying to say here in Proverbs. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. I don't know about you this morning, but I would love a giant billboard GPS that would say, direct my path. Daniel, do not say that about Emily's hair. Oh, that would be great. I would love that. That would be fantastic. Or, uh, Daniel, don't mock people in public. It's a terrible disease I have. I don't know why I do it, but someone will say something in the grocery store, and I'll be like, and I'll mock them, and Emily's like, shut up. And I think I, think I mumble it, I can't mumble, okay? I, apparently my mumble is about like I'm talking now. I didn't know that, okay? So I wish at times that I had like a God GPS that would say, don't be an idiot, okay? Or go this way or do that. That would be fantastic. And judging from some of your reactions, you could too. I mean, that would be fantastic this morning, all right? But that is a promise from God, okay? A lot of people read this scripture and they leave out that first word. They read it, but they don't apply it to their lives. Trust. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Not with some, not with part. With all, okay? And so when people trust with a little bit and then God doesn't direct their path, they're going, well, what's the deal? Well, you didn't do what God asked you to do. God is a promise maker, but you have to do what he has asked us to do. Trust the Lord with all your heart. And a lot of times that's hard to do because there's going to come a time, if there hasn't been yet, where the first couple of steps you take as you journey with the Lord you can see the result. If I trust here, this is going to happen. If I trust here, this is going to happen. And as you grow and as your faith in Christ grows, there's going to come a point where God says, I want you to do blank. And you don't know what the outcome is going to be. And you're going to have to fully trust in God. And for a lot of Christians, for a lot of people today, that's where they draw their line. And they say, Jesus, I'm good. I love church. I love my small group. I love the Easter egg hunt. I love, you know, all these things about it, but I'm only going to go this far because I don't know what's going to happen on this side once I make this decision. And so therefore that's as far as they go with Christ. And Jesus is going, if you will trust me, I'll make your path straight. I will give you joy unabundantly, okay? And it will be an amazing, amazing ride. But for a lot of people, that trust is what holds them back, okay? But God is a promise maker. And in Psalms 34, 7, he says, take 37, 4. Sorry, third grade reading level, remember that. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Like I said, these are just eight of my favorite scriptures of God's promises. There's many, many more. And you can add to this list or take away whatever makes you happy. Romans 8:38. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. This is a scripture I've heard for, this was also another caravans verse, okay? But this did not make as much sense to me 
five years ago, three years ago, as it does now, now that you know, I've stepped into the realm of fatherhood, um, because this makes so much sense to me now, and it does for many of you this morning, because you've been a parent much longer than I have, and probably have done it right. Emily and I, we don't have a clue. Um, but nothing that my little boy Cooper could do could ever make me love him less, you know? And, and I, I, I understand this verse so much more clear, and I'm like, the way I feel about, you know, Coop, my little boy, like God feels that times like a trillion towards each and every one of us, okay? And if you have children, you know what that is like, and it's so exciting, and I just want to go squeeze his big cheeks right now. Um, or hear him say, Dad, Dad. Oh, boy, that's so good right there. Anyway. Uh, Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. How many people would love some rest in life? Because life's terrible. People are mean, okay? And you just need maybe some physical rest. Your body's tired. Or some emotional rest. Or spiritual rest, okay? If that's you this morning, Jesus is saying, come to me. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. If you're needing rest this morning, Jesus Christ is where it's at. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. We talked about this scripture a couple weeks ago in the teen group. And I said, do you guys know what a yoke is? And they're like, uh, no. And so a yoke is designed for two animals to pull a heavy load. And what Jesus is saying here is, I'll, I'll do most of the work for you, but I need you to partner beside me, okay? This yoke was made for two, okay? And if you come along beside me, I'll journey with you every step of the way, okay? My yoke is easy and my burden is light. Even in the Old Testament, my man Jeremiah uh, said these words in uh, chapter 29. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope in a future. And Steve, the past couple of weeks, has been talking about hope. Let me tell you, if Gonzaga can make it to the Final Four, there is hope in the world, people. If Oregon can make it to the Final Four, there is hope in the world, okay? The odds that the SEC is going to have two schools in the Final Four, people, there is hope in the world, okay, that I can go from a third grade reading level uh, to reading as part of my career. There is a God in the universe, okay, that I could land the most beautiful woman in the world. Hallelujah, there is hope in this world. And all the men are like, yeah, buddy, that's me right there, right? Amen, guys? It's one guy. Amen. That one guy just scored major love bank deposits. And if you have been in Steve and Lynette's marriage class, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And if you don't, you need to get signed up because it's awesome. All right. Uh, first, the rest of you guys, you should buy flowers. First uh, Corinthians 10:13. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. What Paul's telling the church at Corinth here, he's going, everyone is tempted. We all face temptations of different kinds. Uh, and this is another part. If you just tune out the rest of the service, hear this this morning. And God is faithful. Man, we serve a faithful, faithful God. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can do it. You can endure it. This is God's promise to each and every one of you this morning. If you're struggling with a temptation in your life, here's the deal this morning. You may 
have a way out, and it may be difficult. You may have to go to a friend or to a loved one or a spouse and go, I'm struggling here, okay? And it may be hard, but it's the right thing to do, and God is always going to be there with you, okay? You can keep hiding it and keep trying to sneak around about it, or you can do what's right uh, and just come out in the open and say, I'm struggling. I need some help, God. Help me get through this. God will always provide a way out, okay? 2 Corinthians 5.17 is one of my favorite verses. I love this. This is God's promise to each and every one of us this morning. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone and the new is here, man, exclamation point. So that means that's exciting. I did learn that in third grade in reading and literature, okay? The exclamation point is a good thing, all right? Unless someone's screaming at you, then it's not a good thing. Um, But so many people are like, man, I'd like to take that next step with Christ, but I've got all this stuff behind me. I've got got so many skeletons in the closet. There's no way God could use me down the road because of what's happened in the past. And right here, Paul's telling the church at Corinth uh, for the second time, he's going, that life, if you're in Jesus, that life, it's over. It's done. You don't have to worry about that anymore. You need to focus on what God has for you in the future and right now. Don't worry about that stuff. It's under the blood of Jesus, okay? He is our Savior, all right? Romans 10, 9. If you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And these are, like I said, these are just eight of my favorite verses of God's promises to each and every one of us, okay? No matter if you're on a mountaintop experience, life is great, things are awesome, uh, got a promotion at work, uh, got that new truck, what, what, or whatever, or if you're in the valley, the lowest of the lows, these are still God's promises for each and every one of us today. And if you're a note taker, the second thing that's awesome about God being a promise maker, God is a promise keeper, okay? And God keeps the promises he makes. 2 Corinthians 1.20. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ, okay? So if you want to hold on to those promises, if you want those to be part of your life and to help you get through those lows and those valley times, Jesus Christ has to be at the center of everything that you do, okay? Jesus has to be a priority in your family, okay? Jesus has to come before anything else, okay? It's not a trade-off. Like, well, I know the summer's like, hmm, the lake's looking real good, and so therefore, I'm gonna kind of like take a break in the summer, but I'm gonna do, I'm gonna go to Sunday school and church and help out with all these other stuff the rest of the year so that I can kind of take a break here, okay? It's not a trade-off, you know, Jesus has to be a priority. It's not a balancing scale that, well, I'll do this, and to balance it out, then I'll go do this. That's not what a life dedicated to Christ looks like, okay? Jesus must come before anything else. Because if you do, and you put God, number one, at the core, at the center of everything that you do, and and at the core of who you are, God is going to give you joy, and joy abundantly. Um, How many of you remember the old hymn, It is joy unspeakable and full of glory. Yes, I remember. And I shared that with the students a couple of weeks ago. I said, how many of you remember this song? And they're like, what? (laughs) You know, uh, but I can remember growing up hearing that song. I was like, that is so true that a life with Christ is joy 
unspeakable, okay? And I'm not talking about happiness, you know, because happy is, oh, I got a new truck. That's so happy. And then a few days later, you're like, oh, sales tax. Oh, it's the worst ever. Or then at Christmas, you're like, yes, I got this awesome gift. My spouse is the best person in the world. I'm going to love them forever. And then New Year's rolls around, and you're like, oh, I have to make a resolution I'm not going to keep. Dang it, you know? And it's just hollow, hollow, hollow. Uh, joy is no matter the high or the low Joy is knowing why you are here on this earth and knowing that whatever circumstances are happening outside, that inside you have a Savior that's overcome the world. That's what I'm talking about when I say joy this morning. Now, I want you, if you need to close your eyes to get the full effect, that's totally cool. Just don't go to sleep. Um, I told the 830 service that, and when I dismissed, no one stood up. They were all asleep. Um, But I want you to imagine the best life possible, okay? Okay. Just think to yourself, like I said, if you need to close your eyes or whatever, you feel free to do that. Just wake up. Um, Imagine the best life possible. I'm going to be a little transparent this morning and share with you my best life possible. Number one, that my son would sleep through the night, okay? Not that I can do anything about it, but that Emily could sleep through the night. That would be great, okay? Because when Emily's happy, daddy happy, okay? Uh, So that would be amazing. Best life um, imaginable, okay? Um, I would also like to have a hunting lease, a big one, uh, for my friends. But if I get the hunting lease, then that means I have to have the boat, uh, the four-wheeler, the jeep, Um, a cabin, you know, all those things, that would be great. And to do that, I have to have lots of money. So that's in my best life imaginable. Um, Let's see, what else? I would also, oh, and the Jeep can't just be like a regular Jeep. It has to be one of those big jacked up ones, you know, with all the bells and whistles. Yeah, you can't just go normal. Got to go all out. That would be awesome. Uh, I would love for my ankles to be fixed in the best life imaginable. That would be great uh, because every morning I wake up and stand up and I'm like, Man, I was really dumb as a teenager, you know, and I feel that every morning. It reminds me, Daniel, grow up, be mature, don't be an idiot. Okay, that's that roadmap, you know, that GPS, you know. Uh, Best life imaginable, um, like I would have like an ice cream machine in my kitchen. Like that would be amazing. Like if Andy's, the, the ice cream place, could just be at my house, that would be awesome. But then also in my best life imaginable, I would have a personal trainer that just gets weight to drop off me, and I never have to do anything, okay? So that would be cool, too. So this is just me being transparent this morning about my best life imaginable, okay? So whatever it was that you thought this morning, whatever that was, whether it was a house, car, money, truck, whatever, God wants even greater than that for you, okay? He wants even better. In Ephesians 3.20, It says, God can do anything you know far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. That is such an awesome verse. And some of you are going, I don't think that's how that verse goes. Well, I got this from the message, okay? And this is Eugene Peterson's interpretation of Scripture. And I just love, you know, that you know that whatever you, like, God can do more than your wildest dreams can even fathom, you know, that is so awesome, and that is the God that I serve, okay, but let's backpedal here just a little bit, in that best life imaginable, all the things that I shared with you this morning about, about my best life imaginable, um, it was all centered on me, 
It was very selfish things, you know, to make it better for me. You know, the hunting lease, yada, yada. Well, I guess the lease is kind of for other people because I'd bring a couple friends um, if I liked you. If I didn't like you, there's no chance for you. Uh, but the house, the car, you know, all, the, all these things, you know, they would, you know, make me happy. That's what would make me happy. But the best life imaginable is not getting stuff, okay? Stuff doesn't equal joy, Stuff equals happiness for a moment, but it doesn't equal that true joy. The best life imaginable is not about getting, it's about giving. And this is not some dumb Christmas deal. It's not the spirit of getting, it's the spirit of giving. Okay, it's not, I'm not talking about that, okay? Um, and I want to share with you three promises this morning of what I am talking about. Three promises uh, that God has made to each and every one of us um, because he is truth and his word is truth. Three promises that we get if we give, okay? Because as I look back on my life and the times that I truly experience like joy, like I feel like I'm using what, how God has created me and wired me to make a difference in this world. That's what I'm talking about when I say joy. And as I look back over my life at the times where I have felt that way, it was never me getting anything. It was where I gave of something, gave of my time to serve, gave of um, some finances to, to help support this ministry or this cause. Those are the times where, me personally, I have experienced true joy, and I can see the hand of God at work going, oh, so God led me here so that I could do this that led to this so that I could help this person grow closer to Christ, okay? That's what I'm talking about when I'm talking about joy, okay? And so three promises this morning that we get if we give, okay? And the first one is life, okay? If you're a note taker, jot that down. Life, number one this morning. In Matthew 16, 25, if you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will be saved, okay? And this is Jesus saying, this is like the greatest two-for-one deal ever, okay? It's not about getting, it's about giving, okay? And Jesus is saying, if you'll give up your life for me, for Christ, you're going to get life in return. And that return life is twofold, not only are you going to experience life to the fullest, joy, excitement, adventure in this life, you're also going to get life eternal. So why would you not do that? That's a two-for-one deal. But he doesn't just stop there. He goes on to say, to make his point a little more clear, he says, if you don't give your life, you're going to lose it, okay? So I don't know about you, but I love deals. I buy junk just because it's a good deal, okay? And many of you, your garages are packed full and your storage buildings that you've had to rent because your garage can't hold it all, you're the same way. We all love a good deal, whether we're going to use it or not, okay? I have like multiple pairs of work boots that I'm never going to wear, but I'm like, oh, dude, that's a good deal. Those are waterproof, man. Like, I have to have those. And I wear them one time, and I'm like, well, I didn't have to have them, but I already got a good deal on them, so I guess I'll keep them, okay? So how do we get life, okay? What, how, do, how do we take this step that Jesus is talking about here in Matthew 16? You have to give your life for Christ, okay? You have to say, you know what? Even though I have all these things going on, I'm going to make Jesus the center of everything, my hobbies, my relationships, uh, at my job, with my kids, everything. Jesus is going to be at the center. 
And if you give of your life, you make Jesus the center, that's going to lead to you walking with him daily, okay? And that may be, you know what, I'm going to spend a little more time uh, in my Bible. You know, I'm going to spend some more time in prayer or pray with my spouse or pray as a family. And when you do that, when you take those small steps, you begin to see how God's moving in your life and how God's moving in your kids and in your family and in your church family. And you're going to get to experience that joy that we're talking about this morning, okay? And you're going to have life and life abundantly, okay? The second thing this morning that we get if we give, uh, number two, is joy. That joy I'm talking about. The joy that uh, you know no matter if you're on that mountaintop experience where life is great, uh, you and your spouse are just getting along great. And if you're not getting along great, we have a marriage class that meets on Sunday night at Stephen Lynette's house. It's wonderful, fantastic, and you should all do it. Anyways, so if you're on that mountaintop experience or in that valley, and sometimes you may go through life, and not only are you in the valley, you're like drowning in the river in the valley, okay? Some of you have felt like that. No matter... Either of those situations you're going through, joy is knowing that no matter how good or how bad things are, that you serve a God that's bigger than this world, okay, that can overcome anything, okay? Uh, and in Matthew 13, Jesus, uh, he tells this parable of a guy that experienced the same type of situation. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that a man discovered hidden in a field. In his excitement, it must have been a pretty awesome treasure, he hid it again and sold everything he owned to get enough money to buy the field, okay? Now, this guy had apparently must have had a lot of stuff if he could buy a field, okay? I'm sure land is not very cheap back in those days. Maybe like four or five donkeys, I don't know, or a couple sheep, you know, whatever. Um, but he sold everything he owned. So he must have had plenty of possessions to purchase this land. And he says, you know what? I'm going to give up everything I know, everything I've worked for, because there's something greater in store, okay? And so he takes the steps necessary, and he didn't sell some of what he had. He didn't hold on to part of that old life. He said, you know what? I'm going to let all of that go because there's greater things to come, okay? He sold everything he owned because he knew that there was a greater treasure to come. And that's what Jesus is saying when you give you will get if you give. He's saying, whatever you have going on right now, no matter how great you think it is, if you will give that to Jesus, he's got something even greater in store for you, okay? Same scenario, but a different outcome in Matthew 19. Young man's wanting to know, like, how can, how can I be perfect? How can I be a disciple? And this is Jesus' response to him. Jesus told him, if you want to be perfect, Go and sell your possessions and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasures in heaven. Then come, follow me. But when the young man heard this, he went away sad. He was in sorrow, for he had many possessions. Okay, two guys, really the same opportunity. Give what you have to get even greater. The first guy says, I'm all in. That's a two-for-one deal. Why would I not do that? The second guy, he couldn't. He walked away in sorrow. He couldn't give it up because he had, it was going to require him to trust God, okay? His life was very me-centered, me-focused, 
Um, and he couldn't give that up, okay? Uh, if you're a note taker, jot this down. This is a promise this morning. If we give everything, we're going to get joy, okay? We're going to get joy. Keep everything, and it's going to lead to sorrow. All the, the money, the houses, the cars, everything that you think is going to make you happy, all those things are very me-focused, very selfish things, okay? Uh, and stuff doesn't equal joy, okay? Because if stuff did equal joy, when you were a, a little boy or a little girl and you got that first toy that you just thought was the greatest thing in the world, which currently for Cooper is a giant cardboard box that he can stand up in and kind of chew on the top of it with his little beaver teeth, okay? He just loves it. It's the greatest thing ever, okay? If stuff led to joy... When Cooper got to be 30 years old, he would still be standing up in that concrete, or not concrete, my son does not eat concrete, okay? He would be still be standing up in that cardboard box chewing on it, okay? And if he does do that when he's 30, I'm probably going to enroll him in some type of institute because something is seriously wrong, okay? But stuff doesn't equal joy. It may make you happy for a moment, but eventually you're going to be like, well, it's kind of getting old now. I guess I'll go get something else. And you're always having to trade up for more and more and more happiness. Like I said, joy is knowing no matter what's going on, you know why you're here. And you know why God made you the way that you are. Okay? Um, I did this illustration with the students. And it was really, really cool. I had one of the students come up uh, on the stage with me. And I gave them a marble. Okay? And I said, okay, pretend that I'm God. Uh, just for pretend, because I'm clearly not God. Uh, let's pretend I'm God, uh, and you are you, okay? And this is God giving you one marble. I want you to hold on to that marble, okay? Hold on to it. You know, God gave me this. This is great. This is awesome. But then there's going to come a point where God says, I know I gave you that marble, but I just need you to trust me and let it go, okay? And they were like, but, but you gave this to me. I said, I know. I just need you to trust and let that go. So they turn their hand over, let the marble go. Well, then God gives them two marbles, okay? And then it's like, oh, man, life is great. Things are going good. Well, then God says, all right, I need you to let that go. Whatever that is, I need you to just trust me. You don't know what the outcome is going to be. I just need you to trust, um, just trust in the Lord. So they let those two marbles go. And then I give them like 15 marbles, okay? And that's what it's like following Christ a lot of times is that it's not about knowing what's going to come once we take that step. We just need to know and trust that God is a promise maker and that God is a promise keeper, okay? Because there's going to come a point where, like I was saying earlier, that God's going to say, I need you to do this. I need you to go here. I need you to witness to that person. And you, and you really, really bad want to go, that's where I'm going to put my line. Like, that's a little uncomfortable for me. Like, I don't think so. And God's just going, man, if you'll just trust, I promise, I will give you joy like never before. Okay. And so God is a promise maker and he's a promise keeper. Far too often I see people, and I've even experienced this in my own life from time to time, is that we settle for the good that we have. There's nothing bad. There's nothing wrong with it. It's okay. It's good. But if we would give that up, Jesus has something even better in store for us, okay? Just like the guy that found the treasure in the field, okay? And the last thing this morning that we get if we give, uh, number three, is everything, man. Everything, all right? Uh, in Matthew 6, 31 through 33. So don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? 
And what will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows all your needs, okay? Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything that you need. So many times, and I'm guilty of this too, um, we worry about things, and we worry, and we worry, and we worry, and we worry, and we don't trust God, okay? We worry about, you know, is my kid, you know, is he going to grow up? Is he going to be able to go to college? You know, we don't have money to pay for college, so he has to get a scholarship. And so we try to do all these things to make sure that that's going to happen, and God's just going, you'll just trust me, I'll take care of it. It may not be anything like you ever dreamed or imagined, but if you'll trust me, I'll take care of it. I already know what you need, so stop trying to fix all the problems and allow me to fix the problems, okay? God knows what's best for us, and a lot of times, we just have to trust him. You know, like those simple two verses out of Proverbs 3, trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. Submit to him in all you do. And that's hard, to trust and submit. Uh, I don't know about y'all, but I don't really like people telling me what to do, okay? And Jesus is saying, God's telling us today, if you will just trust, whatever the situations are out here, if you will just submit those things to me, I'll take care of them, okay? I will make your path straight, okay? And I want to encourage you to do that this morning. So our last promise this morning, if you want to jot this down, if we seek God in everything that we do, from when we're here on Sundays to when we go out to lunch on Sunday afternoons to Mondays at work to the weekends and our hobbies, hanging out with our friends, if we will seek God, we will get everything. If we seek everything, we're going to get nothing. And the beautiful thing about that is that if we seek God with everything we have and we trust him with everything that we had, God is going to give us everything that we need to live out the plan that he has for our life, okay? It's not the plan that you have for your life and you're going, man, you know, like I got like 15 kids, like I really need that 2017 Suburban uh, LTZ with all the leather and all the DVD players, like that would be, you know what, I need two of them, I really do, that way my husband can carry part of the kids and then I can carry part of the blah, blah, blah. and that may, you know, I'm not putting God in a box here this morning, but that may not necessarily be the plan that he has for your life, okay? God is going to give you everything you need to fulfill his plan, okay, not your plan. And I think a lot of times we read that and go, well, I really want this, I really need. Like, man, think of the ministry I could do if I had that duck lease. Like, I could take guys out there, or girls, or whoever, and just totally witness to them, and God's going, ah, that just sounds more selfish and you getting what you want. And they just kind of tag Jesus in on the back end of it. And I think about that, and I'm going, yeah, that's exactly what that is. But wouldn't it be awesome, you know? And a lot of times I think that's how uh, we pray, okay, is we're like, God, you know, just if you will give me this, then I promise I'll do all these great things. And then we don't follow through on our promises, okay? God will give you everything that you need to fulfill the mission that he has for your life today, okay? And so 
give of what you have to get what you need. And so this morning as we prepare to go, I just want to encourage you, whatever step, small step, like I said, I'm not asking you to go out uh, and surrender everything you have and sell all your possessions. Don't go out and sell everything you have, okay? Um, I'm just asking you to take that next step, to trust God in whatever area in your life you've been holding back on. Maybe it's uh, getting involved in a small group or uh, helping out on Wednesday nights or teaching a Sunday school class. I mean, kids are crazy. I mean, I don't know if you've met my kid, but my kid's crazy, okay? Uh, maybe God God's asking you uh, to do that this morning. You've been really reserved about it. Just trust God, okay? He's going to make your path straight today. Because not only is God a promise maker, but God is a promise keeper, all right? Let's pray this morning. Father God, I thank you for this day, Lord, and for all your many wonderful blessings. I just thank you for allowing us to come together this morning just to, to grow a little closer to you. And I want to uh, just pray for each and every person here this morning that uh, you brought us together for a reason, God, that accidents don't just happen, Lord, uh, but you brought us here for a reason. And I pray that each and every one today, uh, in some capacity or another, would take, take a step closer to you, take a step closer uh, to trust in you with everything that they have, Lord. And I just want to uh, encourage uh, and lift them up to you today that they would be uh, be bold and take that step today, God. We love you and we praise you and I ask that you would watch over us as we go from this place, Lord. Bring us back next week ready to take another step to grow closer to you, God. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. Y'all have a great day. Make sure to hit up the Welcome Center.